All right, welcome back to the Aviation RC Noob Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Joe. And today we have with us a special guest, Ben Harbour. Ben, say hi. Hi, guys. Hey, Ben. What's up? Hey, Ben. If you're not familiar with Ben, uh, he is one of those people who's a friend of flight, uh, flight test. You'll see him in and out of occasional videos, definitely at almost every almost every flight fest. Uh, he has an affinity for jets, but he has, in the last couple of years, started to bring his builds giant scale, uh, to say the least. So we're here to talk to him about some of his projects, but I also know he's kind of like me, a dad trying to get uh, um, people excited about the hobby. Um, and I'd love to pick his brain on how he does some of that. So we'll get into that in a minute. Um, definitely want to have a quick thanks to our listeners for spreading the word. I'd love to thank our patrons for helping keep the lights on. If you want to become a patron, you can uh, join it, uh, join in at patron.com at slash aviation RC noob. Um, but why don't we start in, we're going to change up a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about what we're doing for the week. Uh, and then we're going to just talk to Ben and get to know Ben. Uh, and then we'll, we'll head up at the end. We'll start talking about some of the community highlights, uh, some of the things that he's been seeing as we build up to flight fest as well. Uh, and then I think we have a little bit of a special, not about a special, but we have a history segment here. I think uh, Ben can at least um, uh, be interested in because it has some ties to his history as well. So um, let's let's get going. Uh, Joe, yeah. Why don't we start with you, and I'll go, and then we'll hand it back. We'll hand it over to uh, Ben and just start talking to him. Okay. So what am I doing? Uh, what have you been doing for the last couple weeks, Joe? Oh, right. In the hobby. Ba ba bad humor. My bad. Um, so, I finished up. I don't think I, the last time we spoke that I had finished up the Noob Wonder. I think I was getting close, but hadn't fully finished it. Right. Um, so, that's been finished. It's got a few flights on it at this point. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. <laughs> you made it look pretty and put it in the air and brought I, it back home? One I piece? I did. In one piece. Is it I didn't dented? hear him say anything about it looking pretty. It still looks all right. <laughs> well, it was it's finished it, and it flew. <laughs> right, that's a good point. But I yeah. saw some pictures. I knew that he's at least made it. Oh, look, okay. Um, more yeah. than just a piece of white foam board folded up. So yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I have some of your old purple colored tape that you'd left here a long time ago. It's um, your colored purple tape now. But say you can pick it up this weekend when you come no, down if you want. No, no. I got a whole separate roll. Okay, so. I prettied it up a bit with that, and then uh, I I got the Aura 5 light put on it, um, oh. and have been doing some flying with that, and I maidened it briefly, uh, you were on the phone with me for that, and then mm -hmm. the next day, basically, I took um, my worship leader's kid out flying with it, mm -hmm. and I took the buddy box, forgot my secondary antenna for... Oh. wireless buddy boxing oh um okay, but but for, so you guys were able to still do it though yeah yeah so um his sister uh who used to be one of my students in student tech uh had just found a random uh coax cable earlier that day and she's like would this work i'm like that's perfect <laughs> so i was still able to buddy box with him and you know he got i, I took it out flew the majority of a battery through it um, <clears throat> real gentle flying, and then I gave it, you know, swapped out the battery, got it up in the air, 
and eventually handed it off to him. Um, and I told him, you know, I would be real quick to take it from you. Don't take that as an insult, but I'm nervous with this thing because I've not been doing a lot of flying. <laughs> so if I see you get anywhere remotely like where I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to grab it. Just, just know that. But also know that if I grab it, I got it. You know, if you get in trouble, I'm going to grab it. On the drive out there, I was doing a lot of explaining about what flying is the the some of the mechanics behind it why you know a plane's in the air what happens when you roll it where's the lift go so why does it turn and you know things you got to take into account so it, it was interesting and, going wait, through he, a lot of that he stayed with you after you got there yeah you didn't just start running well, I was his ride, and we were 20 minutes across town, so. <laughs> Captive audience. That's right. Uh, no, that's I like thought. your thought process, Ben. Uh, but, uh, so, got it in the air, let him fly it, and took it from him a couple times, and then I got more comfortable with the idea of somebody flying it, knowing that with the R5 that he was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so He ended up smacking some leaves in a tree but i didn't see any damage but we heard it but i don't know there was no there was no damage so you couldn't prove it um why well, are you gonna hold it against him later come on now. no no yeah i told him i told him on the drive out if this thing crashes it crashed because i let it crash you, you know even if you think you've got control of it i was the one who had ultimate control if I didn't switch it and take control, that's my fault. If I switched it and, yeah, if I took control and still crashed it, that's still on me. So have fun, fly, don't feel bad about it. I didn't want him having that pressure. And he had a blast. Um, But I'm also recognizing that as I'm, as I've got this young, this young person who hasn't flown this, you know, RC planes before and, you know, taking him out, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him out some more, and fl- you know, have him fly some more. I'd like to, you know, loan him some electronics to get him started and this that. But just that one outing, constantly throughout it, was me realizing he's learning from me. I'm setting the tone. I'm setting an example, mm-hmm. um, and kind of picking and choosing. Okay, at what what am I going to make a point of at this moment? What do I let? kind of slide in he doesn't have to know that right this second i just have to be aware that he's handling the plane in such a way that if the props spun up it's going to be a problem so i make absolutely sure that i've got control and i'm not because i don't want to flood him with a a million different you can't do this you got to do this you got to go about this way yeah i kind of want to introduce it to him in stages but where that really came to life were two instances where, one, he was carrying the plane back uh, after I landed it, and he was holding it by the wings, one hand on each wing, but he had it facing him. And so mm-hmm. if it had fired up, he probably could have kept it from coming at him, but it would have been trying to come right at him. Mm-hmm. So the next time I take him out, I want to instruct him in proper handling and carrying of a craft and being aware of. But the other thing that struck me was I was handling it. I had the plane in my hand. He had his transmitter. I had already walked him through the controls, and I was telling him, when you hear the sound, and I went to flip the switch to give him control, and I didn't look over at his throttle, and he had his throttle up. 
mm. and that prop jumped. Now, fortunately, it didn't do anything other than just spit up. My hand wasn't in the way, but in that moment, it occurred to me, I handed control of a plane over. It didn't even, th- I wasn't aware where my hand was mm-hmm. relative to it. So, Or confirming controls. Uh, so I'd already confirmed that the controls were doing what they were supposed to do during I mean, the setup. On his side, when, when you do the handoff, you know, checking. You know, oh, what, is he in no. zeroed out? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was. As as I'm transitioning, hopefully more and more into a, a mentoring and teaching role. There's just a whole new layer of learning of. Now you got to be aware of all this stuff, <laughs> you know. So it, it, it was interesting. Definitely. Um, Hopefully, so, I didn't bore anybody with that. No, that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Actually, I'm so I'm curious if when, when you did the Aurora board, um, oftentimes they kind of come set up. How how was your experience about basically putting that into a pretty standard, you know, three channel plane? Um, and getting getting it responding in the appropriate way because part of what you want the board there to do is to help you know even out the uh, right you know, the peaks so, and valleys of, of flying. There there were a lot of expectations I had about it rolling in that did like not al- that did not align with how it actually operated. Um, for one, sort of the big glaring one, once I got it all set up and got it up in the air, for whatever reason, I kind of assumed it would perfectly trim out the plane. Uh, and it doesn't It doesn't do that. No. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess the I, like I knew that you could trim it and then save those trims to the board, but first time flying a flight controller, you know, I'm not sure what to expect. So... It was in a. It was constantly pulling to the left, and that was in my control surfaces. They weren't perfectly set up, uh, so it was pulling to the left. And how? And I guess the board just has to assume you're in the general area of level, and then you use your trim to tell it where level actually is, because it constantly pulled to the left. I was trimming it out i went in and set sub trim so i could get more trim out of it and then i realized once i set sub trim the auto takeoff wouldn't work or the launch assist wouldn't work because you had trims in it yeah you know trims had to be zeroed out and so that was a big thing but i'm figuring that out um okay it really really uh throttles your input control um, I'm giving it full right on the stick, which ought to send that thing into just whoop, 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 but it's full right is just barely kind of turning. Is um, that in the the six axis mode or just the? Um, that's in like full six axis, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I had one of those in a in a scout, the FT scout um, that I my wife built uh, or we built mm-hmm. together. The, the fluid edge water. Yeah, yeah, purple and white one. Mm-hmm. Um, and even she didn't, um, and she's never flown before. And so even she didn't care for, for that mode. And I, I, like, I couldn't hardly make it go around the sky. It was so infuriating. Um, and maybe this is just <laughs> me. Sorry, I sound like an old curmudgeon. You know, that's not flying. You know, though I get it. Flight controllers have their place. But the, that mode 
or the way it's implemented or whatever. Uh, even she had trouble with it. And so I flipped it into the just angle limit. Um, right. Where you're right. not going to go past 60 degrees. It's yeah, enough to it, get you in trouble, but it's not it's just a rate. It yeah. Fast. It's a rate damping mode um, or it's a rate mode. And, and she was able to fly it like a champ. So, um, okay. That, that may be something. So, I got to look more into how the board operates because I know there's like six axes and three axes, but then there's like low rate and high rate. So I've got to look a little more into what my, I've got the switch set up to switch those modes, but I need to look into what modes I'm actually operating with. Basic Um, setup for your conventional airplanes, either Elevon or, you know, normal three surface plane are, are fine. They, they work great out of the box. But there are actually a ton of customizable like ways you can set it up in the configurator, um, which I haven't played with in a while. But I, um, when I first got one, I I really dug into it, and I was um, there's a lot of different options that you can set up. You can change, uh, you can have the six axis and the the rate modes, or you can change on your on what's on the switch. Like you can ditch six axis altogether and you can have different versions of um rate mode and and with different um values and so there's a lot you can actually do with it it's a pretty powerful little piece of kit mm-hmm. um, yeah but it it, it if you want to go beyond the stick it in an elevon plane or a three panel plane um it, it'll take a little bit of learning um okay and you know, I've been in that configurator. Uh, reason being, I could not. I'm mean, talking more than I uh, intended to, but it's good information for somebody to know. Um, mm-hmm. I use. It might be good information for us if we're going to put those in the big noobs. This is true, <laughs> too. So, or something similar, yeah. So, I use. I have a Radio Master uh, T16S, TX16S. Uh, but I'm still using my old FR Sky, I think, Ooh, receivers. The, the Turnigy X9D yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. The IA9 something. Yeah. So I'm still using those receivers and I'm I'm great with those receivers. They've really not given me any trouble. The only signal issue I had was when I lost the Spitfire that time and I was flying over a neighborhood perforated with Wi Fi. So to be Wait. expected. Um, but. I, to be fair, Ben, I didn't realize I was that far out. Um, <laughs> I was not intentionally flying like, over them. Yours looks too too far. Uh, last time I was that far, we hit trees, and you're way past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like you, he was he was just in. telling me to bring it in, and I said I I don't have control anymore. Um, yeah. But so with that receiver, uh, with the board, it wants to use the s bus yeah the r5 wants to use the s bus my receiver says i bus um but it can actually do s bus i can go into the transmitter module and set it as that you know set it to connect to that receiver and send the s bus it does work um it was sending signals to the board it paired up everything was great uh the issue was I could not 
when I, uh, basically my elevator, my ailerons worked fine, but then when I went to my, my elevator would not operate on its channel. And when I would push like my stick to the left, my ailerons would go like they were going to the left. But then when I went to the right, they would go like they were going to the right and my elevator would kick in or it was weird. But for whatever reason, my elevator was receiving, um, aileron input. Yeah. Check my transmitter, check the mode, make sure I set up the, uh, the AR or the aura right per its instructions and nothing was fixing it. And I ended up having to pull down the configurator, open it up and confirm that. Yeah, it's not get like, it doesn't even see the elevator channel as receiving anything. It's getting it like through the S bus, whatever It's getting it through the aileron channel. It's mixed somehow. And so I had to go into it set, it's set up to learn my transmitter and its inputs and go through oh, it. Yeah. You know, that wizard mm. and run through it that way. And then everything finally started working right mm. so it was more involved than just pulled out the box for me but i'm not using spectrum or one of the other couple brands that it listed off as being ready to come out the box ready for um so when we're uh, using it, that may have maybe with you know the fact that you're using the ibus switch to s bus or whatever something going on in there with channel assigning because i don't use spectrum up and i've got all free sky stuff and I was able to use FR Sky with S bus out um, with Aura pretty much out of the box and didn't play with it. Um, okay, then maybe it's that I bus to S bus conversion that yeah. my radio is doing. I don't know. The end of it is that mm -hmm. it did work. Hey, there you go. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, I really like takeoff assist. That's nice. True. <laughs> when it when it's working right, it's awesome. It's I when you like think it's working right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I could see that. Uh, my experience has been that when it handles, uh, when a takeoff assist and it's an, uh, actually in takeoff assist is when you have a crash plane pretty quick. Mm. <laughs> You're like, Oh, it'll take care of this. No big deal. And you toss it and you go, Oh no, it's not doing anything <laughs> at all. Uh -oh. mm. Yeah, I've had that happen about 50% mm. of the time I put my piranha in the air. Oh, bummer. Uh, whatever. It's uh, Thankfully, it's a very durable plane, so, you know. You, you mean the piranha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun watching that thing rip up and down the field at Fly Fest. <laughs> yeah, it, the speed of it brings me joy for sure. Mm -hmm. um, That's cool. Anyway, so... Uh, we should probably get back and see if we can't finish up our what we've been doing this past week. Is that uh, what you've been working on? Do you do anything else in the last couple weeks, Joe? Or are you? No, it's been you know finished up the uh, the wandering got in the air a bit, and then it's Did been nasty on, weather. You work so. on the flurkin? No, okay. though uh, Yankee kind of threw the gauntlet down on me, so yeah, I got <laughs> I got to finish that. I, I got to have it ready for flight fest. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I, I'm. I put him up to it. No, I didn't put him up to it. But I should have. I should have. I, I appreciate it. It's fine. That <laughs> nice. once I get going, that ought to go. It'll co yeah, it'll quick good. enough, <laughs> and then the Spitfire's almost half done. You know, construction wise. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's fine. I think this build night, uh, which will be before this episode goes out, um, 
I think I'll spend a good bit of this Friday night uh, making servo extenders because that's sort of what's holding me up on the Spitfire. Okay. All right. What about you? Briefly. Uh, yeah, what I've been <laughs> working on, I'm trying to, hold on, we go to the end. Um, uh, about a week ago, I went out with Amy um, and to, I'm like, I'll just teach her how to fly on the, our, you know, the new Wonder because it flies so gentle. And while it's got a lot to it, it, it can go pretty, pretty low, which is pretty cool. And I set up rates so that it'd be gentle and all that kind of stuff. And I let it go. And it was a good day. It was really generally a good day, like low winds, all that kind of stuff. And um, I think I left the throttle a little bit too high for because it was around like 40%, 30% or something like that. And on that plane with that motor setup, that started to book. So she basically rolled it really quick. And she did like half of a circuit. So she was doing pretty good, generally speaking. And then kind of, you know how it gets in that orientation you're not so familiar with? Uh -huh. So she kind of... <laughs> doing she went one direction and it was the the wrong direction she's like oh what direction she went the one way and panicked and so when you panic what do you do you turn it the same way of course because that always makes it better and then you go oh no this is even worse i need to pull out of it what do you do to pull out you pull back on the stick because you want to go higher except when you're inverted that means it goes into the dirt that's essentially mm -hmm. what she did yeah. and i was like Oh no. And I'm like, you know, and I didn't, I didn't set up the buddy box. Cause I was like, you know, it's really gentle. She does. I've watched her fly on the simulator, a bunch of different planes and she's done a number of circuits and landed it. Like I've watched her and I'm like, okay, you, you have this. She had one of those little like F 22s with a little pusher, like an easy setup where, cool. I mean, she's just, she was killing it. You know, I didn't have to do much. Everyone's all have to be like, no, no, you need to go to the right, not left. Oh, right, right, right. You know, kind of deal. And then, not a big deal. So anyway, so she doinked it into the dirt pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> uh, and it is a testament to the solidity of the build that uh, Spons has put together because that thing is built like a brick. And so it cracked right at the you know front edge of the wing down the fuselage a little bit. So it kind of just pulled away. So that I fixed up with some glue and pushed it back in place and a, another layer of tape on top and it was in, back in perfect shape. I kind of had to massage out a little bit of a crinkle in the side. And there was some, like, the wingtip had a little bit of damage that needed to be glued back and kind of smoothed out a hair. And that was it. That was it. That was the damage. That's just and RC weathering. Right, exactly. That's what I told her. I said, now I don't have to worry about when it's in combat and I don't get in. I, I won't be like, oh, my perfect plane. Like, no, it's good. We're ready. <laughs> We're ready for all the things. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I feel terrible. And she, of course, she feels terrible. Every, every new person trying to fly a plane like feels awful when they dink it in i'm like dude that's how you learn i hate to say it that's how you learn and then she's like well but this is like the one i'm like i took all the pictures i needed uh, i've done the, i've flown it with joe right i like i've flown it with joe we have video of it flying with joe i've i've used it in the build video i've i've used it in a bunch of promotional videos i'm done with needing that plane and i'm building three others like i'm going to build many more we already have one <laughs> Over there, I've got a, you know, and so the other one was uh, taking my son's plane. He told me he wanted it green and purple. And so I'm like, well, how do you feel about the Hulk? And he's like, that would be pretty cool. So we're going to Hulk it up. Um, so we're going to awesome. have a Hulk, Hulk wonder, a Hulk noob wonder. Uh, nice. that going on. So I was working on that a little bit today. But as I'm doing that, I'm also dinking around trying to 
figure out and implement the last couple bits of how do we put this big one new wonder into pieces in the back of a van that's going to be filled with a ton of other planes and a bunch of idiots. I mean, idiots, I mean us. <laughs> how are we going to fit all that stuff in there and still have it be, you know, a viable solid plane when we're done? You know, how do we fold up that back section? And so I came up with a couple of solutions. So I'm, I'm working at implementing those. And those are kind of like the last little bits um, well, that I'm putting time's together. Time's ticking if you're bringing it down this weekend. Tell me about it. Look, I, I, <laughs> all I got to say is it's the end of the school year. Baseball is apparently in absolute full swing. I've got practices and games every single night of every week for the last month, as well as end of grade stuff. My kids are going away, so I'm spending the last time I can, as much as I can with them. But boy, oh boy, they're about to go. And that means I got full tilt. So what I'm trying to do is get that stuff done in the next uh, next two days, which I think should be doable, really very doable. I'm in the last kind of bits of that. Um, I've already got the popsicle sticks all drilled out and I've got all the slots for the barbecue skewers for the hinges on all the ailerons and all that kind of stuff, as well as I'm playing around with what I'm going to do to make it look um, interesting. So, cause that's going to have to be taken care of at least a little bit um, before, you know, it doesn't have to be super pretty, but it sure does. It would be nice if I could tell top from bottom. <laughs> I know. I know it's overrated, right? <laughs> well, who needs orientation? I know that's pretty much, but that's, and, and I also bought, uh, when I went to the DMV a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a scout for my, uh, my old, uh, my youngest, uh, aero scout to be able to have him fly because that's stabilized and he can uh, he can do it without the buddy box. He's another one where you can do it. And so having that available and then when he leaves, I can have Amy learn on it so she can get back on her feet and feel good about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, I started putting that together and that literally took 10 minutes to put together. So I'm spending more time putting um, the, con cool. the controls in the radio. It was less than 10 minutes. It's literally... Like I'm putting in the landing gear and I go, oh, and the, it, the magnetic catches, pull it in and it clips it in place and it's ready to go. I'm like what? That's cool. Uh, that plane is stupid simple to put together. It's it's one of the smartest beginner products I think I've seen, honestly, and in, in all kinds of ways. And it's got the 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 what is it? FR Sky uh, stabilized board. It's in there with a the stabilizer. So it's already set up ready, pretty much ready to go. I just need to figure out where their oh, oh crap button is. Like, I don't have that. I have a TX, I have a T16, so I need to remap that to one of the buttons on my thing and have that work properly, as well as the rates setting, you know, the uh, the beginner, intermediate, advanced modes. Like I need to set yep. up the modes and map that properly. And I, apparently I thought I knew what I was doing, and I didn't go. So I was like, mm. all right, well, i got to figure that out before we go out. <laughs> Uh, I figured that'd be helpful for anybody, really. We could probably use that board to put into a noob, and that would be all you'd need to really get it to fly stabilized and easy. Mm -hmm. oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that might be a, a quick solution to um, what could be a very complex problem if we put in a flight controller board, which is what I like to do. Um, but anyway, all right, so that's, that's what I'm up to in the last couple of weeks. It's been busy doing mostly other things. That's sort of how life goes, especially this Unfortunately, yep. we we grew up at some point, and now we can't play with our toys all day. But can I throw a tantrum? 
I mean, you can. That's a choice you can make. Just don't <laughs> do it in front of your kids. I know it's not. It's not a good plan. Every choice has consequences. Ain't that that's the right. truth. Uh, ben, speaking of consequences, you made a couple choices. What have you been up to in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> uh, well, I uh, last week, actually, I was on vacation. Uh, my family and I, um, along with my sister's family and my parents, uh, we all drove up to D.C. Uh, for nice. a week. And uh, nice. all our kids are homeschooled, so we kind of combined it and made it a historical, you know, U.S. history and, uh, you know, geographical uh, learning experience and I learned stuff we all learned some stuff um, none of us oh my parents have been to DC because my dad's gone there on business um, but the rest of us uh, none of us have been to to DC before so it was fun learning experience um, the one I mean so many highlights I, I did yeah there was a huge like I did like three pick dumps on Facebook to um, get them all all <laughs> uploaded. Um, hey, uh, hey, was so uh, was the main aerospace museum open on the mall, or did you have to go out to Virginia? Um, w- yes, it was. We but we did both. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, the the air and space on the mall was open, but only partially. Which actually I didn't okay. know ahead of time, and I would have yep. budgeted less time there had I known. <laughs> that we didn't right. need so much time because like two thirds of the building was closed off for whatever they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yep. it's, it still is cool to see. Um, like, I'll admit I was a little let down by scope of it, but it, a lot of it was closed off. So I can't really judge right. it fairly on the whole thing, but even in the midst of that, it was still really cool to see the original 1903 flyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Apollo 13 capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, I mean, and um, the Spirit of St. Louis, we couldn't go around it, but we could, like, it was in the closest portion of the closed off section of the building. So we could kind of like lean around a uh, pole and see it. So I got a picture <laughs> of it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, so I went cool. this summer. That's why I asked, because I went this summer and it was completely closed. So we, I was oh, like, okay. oh, I guess we're not going there today. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're going to do something else. And then we went out to Virginia. So when you, you we said you went to Virginia, how was that? Yeah, so on the way out, on the way out, we actually hooked up. We met with um, Carl Leidick and Joshua Orchard because they live oh, in nice. that area. And both of them are always looking for excuses to go to Udvarhazy. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, I was more than happy to oblige and give them the excuse to come look at airplanes again. <laughs> um, so they kind of showed us around a little bit and, um, we, on our, it was cause it's kind of on the way out of the DC area. So on our way home, we met yeah. up on Friday and spent, um, most of the, most of the day there. Um, I mean, my son was just, uh, in, on cloud nine, seeing the blackbird right there as you walk in. Yeah. Um, that's impactful. Yeah. So he, he was he was and he wanted he he loves the blackbird and we haven't talked about it much but i guess somewhere he was had read and seen stuff about the concord so he was like can we go see the concord i'm like ten we're gonna see all of them like we're gonna start at that <laughs> end and we're gonna walk and we're gonna see everything along the way to that end right. then right. we're gonna go back into the space you know corner yeah. and like, yeah, no, we will see it all. <laughs> I promise you, we will not miss anything. And my kids were like, 
Okay, Dad. I think we've seen all the planes we can stomach. Uh, is, is it possible <laughs> that we could cut this short? I'm like, you know what, guys? We, we, we plan trips, and this is the way I found success for us, is that they each get something that they want to do. So that way, when I pick something I want to do, which may be far more educational than they want, um, I go, well, look, you know, we're going to do your thing, or we just did your thing. Right. And they're like, oh, fine, you're right. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but, but, you know, I try to keep in mind. Yeah. They, we, they're not. It, it worked out well. I mean, um, the, the fact that we had such a, a bit of a larger group and so many adults, our, our adult-to-kid mm-hmm. ratio was, was good. Um, so we had <laughs> more, more adults than kids. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to kind of split up and, you know, they, they didn't all have to hang around me as I, you know, uh, gawked over this one thing, you know, they, right. they want to go see that thing or go see that thing. And that was, you know, it worked out. So uh, what, what were your top three planes? Either uh, ones that were a surprise or ones that you were just really excited to see. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, gosh. Uh, you're okay to change it later and I mean, you know, <laughs> okay. So uh, one of them is a Gossamer Albatross, which mm-hmm. is the first, um, human powered airplane to cross the channel, the English channel. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that that would be that they, that they had that there. So that was a, a neat, uh, surprise, neat surprise to see, um, and to, yeah, to see it hang in there. And then, as I was telling my wife about it um, and pointing it out, because it's near a, uh, a catwalk or, or a, a spiral staircase where you can kind of go up and, and look mm-hmm. across at it and look down on it. And as we're standing there looking at it, and I'm telling her about it. Um, she's like, oh, it moved. <laughs> it's like, and the, like the propellers kind of moved and the whole thing just kind of, you know, breathed a little bit because it's that <laughs> light. And yeah. just whatever current in the giant room happened to flow by it, just kind of nudged it a little bit, and the whole right. thing kind of moved a little bit. Yeah, it was oh, enough wow. to cause it to lift a little, just a hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, yeah, it's that light. Um, That's so cool. And what else? Um, it was a weird UAV that was an oblique wing test vehicle that I didn't know about. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it's, it's basically a, it so it's unmanned, but it still is a pretty large scale. The wingspan is probably 12, 13 feet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the way they do the, the swinging of the mechanism, uh, is unique because it's basically a, uh, full scale prop and slot. Um, and so when I saw this thing hanging there, I could see this, I can see the propeller and it's in the middle of the airplane and there's a duct yeah. around a shroud around the propeller. Right. The wing is in the oblique, um, configuration. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm like, how does the wing move in the propeller? And I had to actually use my phone camera to zoom in on <laughs> where it was <laughs> so that I could see the parting line where the wing, um, basically, swivels around the prop duct yeah um, and so it's this weird like no, I'm, I'm making gestures and no one can see me except for you but, <laughs> it's okay it's like you picture two that's, circles. that's our listeners favorite part of the podcast yeah so i, I guarantee 
it, it, if you ever played with one of those little like gyroscope toys where you've got a yeah. circle and then a perpendicular to that another circle, um, that's essentially what it was where the wing was pivoting around the outer circle. Okay, um, right. So the yeah. circle that's in plane with the wings was how it, it pivoted around the center of that circle, even yeah. though the, the other shroud circle... Was, shroud was inside that circle. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And so it, 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 it worked. And so I was just like, I've never seen a... Like, we do prop and slot for RC all the time. I've never seen a oblique wing prop and slot RC. But um, the fact that, like, here's this uh, full-scale open slot i just thought that's just the funniest thing um to see nice. actually realized um, it's a dsi nasa oblique wing there you go <clears throat> yeah nice cool yeah um i don't know another unique thing or top thing it's really unusual looking we're now seeing a video or oh, a yeah, picture you, of it you pulled up pictures of it it's yeah when i when one of my i think it was actually I forget who pointed it out first. We're walking down this ramp and it's hanging above our heads and they're like, oh, look, there's the NASA oblique wing. And I looked at it. I literally did a double take. I was like, the heck is that? <laughs> right. right. I got I to look this thing up now. Go, go look in the notes. It's, it's, I put some, I put in the notes. Uh, it, it's, it's unique. It's cool. Um, what is that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I must have missed that when I went through it. Cause I, uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's super weird. Um, cause I had known about the <laughs> other oblique wing that NASA did. The, the, it was a manned one. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was jet powered. Um, and yeah. but, so this one I had, I had no clue about. Um, let's see. There was so many cool jets. Um, that's a good problem to have. And, I mean, right. all all the let's see. Oh man, <laughs> that sounds like a perfect. Um, we should make a scale model, like an out foam board version of that. Oh yeah, that would be that. that little oblique wing. That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, well, another unique thing that I was that was cool to see was uh, my grandpa my my mom's dad uh worked for douglas and um while he was there they did contracts with nasa he worked on the skylab and i knew about that but what i didn't know was um i think it was skylab skylab was before shuttle right? okay uh what was it after it was after uh, before uh, I mean, I want, I want to, I want to say it could be, but all things in my mind come to how do they get it up there? No, yeah, uh, the shuttle probably took Skylab up there. But another uh, thing that he 1974 worked on. 1974 was when Skylab was done. There was um, a payload that was uh, carried by the space shuttle that was basically like a, a living quarter, or maybe it was a, a precursor mm -hmm. to Skylab. It was. Basically, a, a a bigger section where you, where the astronauts could go to in the bay, um, but to get there, you had to go you, somehow. You had to get from the cockpit, the the forward nose area, that that section, into mm -hmm. the 
cargo bay, the, you know, the, the, the bed of the pickup truck, <laughs> and you had to get there not floating through space. So they made this transition <laughs> um, gooseneck, um, and it literally looks like a giant periscope where it goes out a little ways and then up and then over. Um, and so I got my, my dad was there talking about it, and so he told us that uh, my grandpa Al also worked on the seal of that that sealed that gooseneck transition thing in um, to like one end of the shuttle. So he was on that team that worked on that. Oh, and then nice. and like the, the this transition module was sitting right there. So there was a thing that Grandpa worked on. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of older space program uh items in that in that um yeah. in that section. It's it's pretty if you're not like I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, whoa, there's a <laughs> my kids are like missing 80% yeah. of that. Well, and I mean, and I'm glossing over uh, so many things. I mean, the, the shuttle itself is just freaking massive. massive. Yeah. It I've takes seen, up the whole thing I've, and it dominates. I've it. seen them on pole displays. Like uh, there's one, there was one in LA. I think they moved it or um, maybe that's the one that's here. Um, but I've never, this was my first time walking up to one. Right. Uh, and the, the one thing one of the things that that just really hit me um, was standing underneath the rear of the wing, looking at the elevons, the control surfaces, and how massive they are. I mean, of course, the airplane, you know, the shuttle itself is big. It's going to have big control surfaces, but the percent cord, like just the sheer cord like just i'm like how does that move yeah, the percentage of the cord depth that that is the aileron surface it's yeah like, I, it I, just, I thought that was supposed to be more like 10 percent, not like well yeah 30. That, that, that's the thing the cord percent is not big but because the cord is so huge was so massive <laughs> okay yeah, yeah it's like the, the length from a hinge line to trailing edge of the elevon was like it's like 15 feet or, or 12 feet. It was just like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hydraulics. As, yes. Hydraulics. The magic of hydraulics. <laughs> they really hydraulics are. and uh, in like insane material engineering and science. Yeah. No, uh, hydraulics is, are, are amazing. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's what I was up to last week. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Obi and I went to Ceph. Um, so oh yeah, flew, how was that? Flew stuff at Ceph. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, le far less rainy and wet than the forecast said it would be, so that was really nice. Yeah, nice. awesome. Um, and we both flew stuff. We both crashed stuff, and had a good time. You got some good video of it too. Thanks. Um, of your your kind of little, little bits and snippets of that, and I I really appreciated you kind of putting that out there and bringing it to everybody Thanks. who couldn't yeah, I, go. I, I tried to capture as much as I could uh, or put as much as I could in that video without making it too insanely long. Uh, when I first put all the video um, in my phone, uh, spoiler alert, I use iMovie on my iPhone to edit all of my YouTube videos. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm very, very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, convenient, isn't it? 
when I first put all the clips into one uh, project file, it was over an hour long. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. so I'm like, yeah, no, no, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Can't do so that I actually cool. like, I didn't even include a ton of the demo videos. Uh, so all, a lot of the right. helicopter demos, which were really cool. And all the other 3d flight demos. Um, and I kind of, I justified it like, well, there's probably a ton of other people and official like videos of the guys flying those things. There's yeah. other places you can find that video. Um, but no one was following me around taking video of, you know, the random, you know, thing that I was flying. So those are the stuff <laughs> that I, that I shared. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw uh, you I kind of pulling up the Waco glider uh, with your, with oh, your yeah. was it, was your son flying the glider? Yeah, yeah, back. he was. Yeah. That's um, cool. He, so the, that was, um, Joshua Orchard made that. It's mm-hmm. basically a scaled up from the FT, the flight test Waco. They they put out, mm-hmm. you know, a Spivo kit and plans for the Waco glider. Um, and I, he wanted a bigger one for doing glider toes with his airplanes because he's got a bigger um, glider toe, um, like trainer plane. Right. Not a scale plane. It's just a, um, it's like a six foot span. I don't know. Apprentice. Right. So it, it can handle pulling something bigger behind it. Yeah. So he wanted something bigger. So I scaled it up and then, um, who, so not this past one, but the year before at Seth, um, he brought it, didn't fly it, but, uh, he had already flown it at Edgewater. And so then he didn't want to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said he said he went and said to my son Obi he said hey um if I give this to you will you fly it sure so we brought it home um so then I'm like well now I have to make something that'll tow it because <laughs> I didn't have a tow plane <laughs> so that's why I made the super simple C47 right uh, and that and that is that's literally it is essentially a profiler it's fantastic yeah, it's a prof- yeah it's a profile scale plane but i made that at the same relative scale as the blown up waco so they they looked right together and they do Um, and the other thing that struck me when i finished uh, when i put them together was just how big the waco is um because you look at it next to my simple um c47 and they're almost the same size (laughs) Um, like I know the C-47 has like a hundred foot wingspan and Waco is like 80 or 84. Um, it's, it's huge. And the real C-47s would tow two of those. Or even three. Or yeah. Or three. Yeah. Jeez. Routinely two, but up to three. Yeah. Routinely two, but they they had plans to be able to do three. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We, we, we did a, we did a history segment on the Waco glider. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was fun. He flew so on the I flew the the tow plane, the C forty seven. Um, we tried first. Uh, Joshua was just there next to him, uh, Orchard, um, and Obi flew it on the way up. But neither of us have a lot of, any <laughs> tow glider experience, so Obi was having trouble keeping it in the right relative orientation to the tow plane. So we ended up. Um, I think he ended up too low. And so he pulled me down 
and it's a testament to the power system I've got on the little thing is we ended up helicoptering together where I, I was almost pulling him vertical. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, well, it I mean, have, those are some pretty good sized motors on that. Didn't little have quite ladder. enough uh, poop to, to pull it out. So we disconnected the, the string and recovered it and tried it again. So second and third time, Joshua flew the glider on the way up so that we got altitude. And then as soon as we got up there, he handed the controller to Obi and he pulled the release switch and Obi flew it all the way down. Nice. Really awesome. Yeah. yeah. That video came out pretty good too. So I really yeah, that, appreciated that. That was cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, that sounds like you were busy. A bit. Yes. In the midst of yeah, all the building too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and what are what are you focused on building this past couple of weeks? Um, mo mainly the the next giant, uh, and another, um, pseudo giant for uh, Flight Fest. Okay, so, big stuff. <laughs> well, okay, and we, we do, won't do lose that because wanna... we're going to go straight into talking to Ben about the rest of what he knows. I, I don't know. I'm, do you, want, yeah, do, you, do you want to talk about those specifically or just conceptually? Well, I don't mind talking about them. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to mess up your guys's flow. No, um, no, this is, this is the flow that we, we've changed this so that now that okay. we're talking about what you've done. Okay. Let's talk about that as much as you're interested in. We will come back to, cause I want people, I want to know like what got you here, what got you in, how did, how did you get interested in the hobby I do want to talk about how you're getting your son in um, and then your involvement with flight test well, a little more, bit, but, but mostly let's talk about what you're building. Let's start yeah, there. More, more what I wanted, what I was asking was, were you okay to discuss what you're currently working on or was oh, it absolutely. supposed to be top secret? Ask my wife. I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Then before we dive into that, I want to, I want just for a point of clarification, because we were talking about shuttles and Skylab and all that earlier. Um, the shuttle program came online in, let me double check 80. that date. Yeah, it was 81? Late, late 70s or early 80s. And the yeah. Skylab was 70, 1974. So, so Skylab wasn't on the shuttle program, but Space Lab was. Okay, so... so he actually worked. So my grandfather, um, he worked on Skylab first. He was mm -hmm. on. A, he was on the team that developed the first space potty. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that. That's impressive engineering. His his little claim to fame that he he always talked about. And then the, one of the stories goes that my mom tells is that he brought home a scale model of his project, i.e., the space potty. <laughs> um, I sit on the dining room table very proudly, and Emma was not as pleased as he was. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, imagine so. not. So uh, I, I, I just bring that up for clarification to make sure that anybody listening doesn't go like, "Holy, oh, you know, it wasn't until these dates." Make sure we got those you oh, know, all good. roughly right. So. But yeah, so talk about some of this big stuff you got going on and what yeah. goes into it. So the, the current giant um, build that I'm doing is a A26 Invader, which is another Douglas plane. 
Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to stay in the Douglas family. Uh, because my that same grandfather, Al German, uh, he's he worked for Douglas uh, back in the day, and uh, so I have an affinity for uh, the back heritage. And so, actually, I didn't want to make another giant because after the C forty seven, I was really overwhelmed and kind of burnt out, and I was like, "No more giants. I'm just done with that." The C forty seven was really beautiful, though. Oh, yes, yeah. thank you. I yes, and it, and it flew. It flew beautifully. I love flying it. It, it is. It is a pain to set up because <laughs> it just takes <laughs> so much time, and it's huge. But it's it really is a, a joy uh, to fly. But after that, and after taking it to Flight Fest, I was like, this is a huge endeavor. Um, there's a lot more that goes into this than I expected so i'm like ah, i think i'll just take a break uh, i won't go crazy on giants for a while but right. lee krieger from Wingcatcher rc who sponsored all the wire all the carbon and all the batteries on the c47 so massive shout out to Wingcatcher rc um, and for full disclosure has given matthew the carbon fiber for the uh, monster wonders and has sent us both mugs and Sweet. a box of tools. Sweet. Yeah, he's been awesome and still yeah. is. So yeah. he reached out to me after the C 47 and was like, so uh, what, you know, what, what's the next big thing you're going to do? You want to make a quarter scale Waco that we can tow at next flight fest. And I'm like, <laughs> hold on there, Bubba Louie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so we got to talking and he reminded me that he's got a CNC hotwire and he's like, would it help if I hotwired some stuff? It's like, well, okay. Yeah. That would take a lot of the burden off of me laying stuff out, you know, wrapping foam around formers, which isn't hard. It's just time, more time consuming. Um, Right, then so, kind of having it already pre-cut and you're just sort of right. jigsawing it together. So uh, that set me down the rabbit hole of thinking, okay, what's the next thing I want to build? And then my other buddy who wishes to remain anonymous, so he knows who he is, um, is the one who donated the motors for the C47, got more and said, do you want more big motors? And I'm like, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> your timing is impeccable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was going down the road of a giant um, YB-35 uh, Northrop Flying Wing but okay. um, turns out I didn't have the right uh, a match set of four motors so I ditched that and went back to twins and uh, roundabout, I wound up at the A26. Um, I considered so, several other twins, but a lot of the other ones have been done. Uh, okay, so what pulled you to the Invader? I'm I'm looking at it, and before talking to you, um, I've never really heard about the plane much, and I love I love the way it looks. Oh, so what? It looks dangerous. It pulled what pulled me to it. It was. Um, one, it's a twin. I, I, that was sort of one of my criteria. And also, I, I had 
went down the road of like B twenty six Marauder B twenty five, you know Mitchell, and uh, there was a couple others that I had thought about, but um, somehow or other the A twenty six got in the mix and I started looking at it and um, the difference just the uniqueness of it not, not I haven't seen a lot of models of it out there so I mm-hmm. like doing stuff that not a lot of people have done and also it's a Douglas plane so I can sort of have you know I can have two Douglas planes side by side uh, which I thought would be kind of cool um, the scale of it listen to I, this man look at the space he's got <laughs> no, 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 not side by side here. I mean, like on display. Oh, okay. No, no, no. When they're here, they're in pieces. You know, right now the C forty seven. I know. I'm sorry. Right now no, the C forty seven. The C forty seven isn't even in the hangar right now. It's in the trailer because I need room to work. <laughs> right. Um, as as I'm learning when I'm building the big noob, it's this yeah. right. It's it's a big wing, and I'm like, oh, it's cool. I can tell it, and I'm like. Wait, I need more room to fit it while I'm building it. I can't. I know. You Where need do I more put room the build parts? Think, yeah. 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 That's so, what I was learning pretty quickly. Um, I, I settled on it because um, actually also when I'm working out the size of things, because um, I've already got the quarter scale giant C47, I kind of wanted the next one to also be quarter scale so that if I ever had them out together, they would look right. Um. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm sizing different things, I'm looking at, okay, what is the real size of this plane? What does that mean in quarter scale? <clears throat> and then also, can I fit it in the trailer with the C-47? <laughs> can, can I find a way to yeah. pull it apart in a way that I can yeah, fit exactly. it where so, it needs to be? Yeah. Oh, I actually did. Before I even modeled um, the airplane and figured out how to how to build it, I did a rough wireframe of it and a wire and I'd made a 3d model of my trailer <laughs> interior. And mm-hmm. cause I've got a, I've got the way I have the C 47 in there. And so I figured out, okay, yes, I can fit it in there. That was kind of actually the last, um, the last requirement pass for me to say, okay, I'll now I'll do that one. Uh, cause I knew I could fit them together <laughs> in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really a kind of benign reason, but <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, that is in part why I chose the size I did for the scaling up the wonder is like, okay, well, if we start cutting things in half and parts, how big is reasonable to be actually fit in the spaces we have to use, you know? Yeah. Well, and the other, so the other more um, technical reason for picking the A26 was uh, it's a fairly simple fuselage cross section. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be simplified to, you know, a few more conical or constant sections, which yeah. work well with the uh, CNC hot wire. Uh, and also mm. the wing and tails are dead simple. Like the B25 mm-hmm. has got a weird kind of pseudo gull wing thing going on. Uh, the tails aren't complicated. It's just a big H tail, but. Right. Yeah, but eight's tails aren't really the easiest to build stiffly. That's true. No, yeah. but that, That's what I've noticed so far. It's like, well, I mean, it's not too hard, but if you want to make it so it's actually not going to start to wobble everywhere. Yeah, there's there's just more joints 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's a reason tales tend to be simple and what they are. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, that's, that's as I was saying before. You know, the A twenty six is all Lee's fault. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, so so he didn't suggest it, or he did suggest it, and you just kind of started crunching numbers and realizing it's the best. No, he didn't suggest the the airplane. He just suggested that he really wanted to be involved with doing another giant and yeah cool so he kind of talked me into it and so i'm like all right i'll we'll do this one and then i you know went all in and really jumped down <laughs> yeah. jumped off a cliff and how how I, long ago, how long ago did you start that really? i i only started it um like january i mean early this year i, I did not yeah. start it last year um Okay. It may have been February even. Um, I, I probably started designing in January. Okay. Um, I should look at. I can look at some of my my files and see when my first file saved. <laughs> what? I mean, it's just um, a, that's the rough time frame for if you're definitely, like. I guess you know our listeners are listening. I'm going like, what in the world does it take? Because I know your DC three or sorry the the C forty seven. Um, that took a while. Like, I mean, you were planning that one out for a long time and you I were testing, you were learning a lot about the materials you were going to be using and things like yeah. that. Like it took some time. That one was over a year and, um, part of it was, yeah, a lot of learning along the way, um, mm-hmm. figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I do this? Um, and, but also getting getting motivated you know sometimes you just like i just did not there was there was a while during the c47 where i just kind of sat and looked at stuff for (laughs) weeks yeah just like okay i've got all the stuff here where where do i start start? (laughs) right right and where where am i gonna where's my gotchas like okay, yeah. I can envision the easy parts, right? But there's certain parts I've got to figure out now before I get to them, because yeah. if I get to them after the fact, I will have to take it all apart. Yeah. Yep. And it will it will destroy most of what I'm doing. I'll, I might might as well. Big one. Big one yeah. on that C47 was the wing join, um, wing fuselage join, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of like a like specter looming over me for <laughs> bulk for most of the time I was working on everything else. I knew right. <clears throat> that I hadn't worked out the wing join yet. I had uh, some ideas, right? I didn't like any of them. Right. And, and I was like, uh, how in the world? And I don't know if this is maybe just part of how I tend to work. Um, I, I told I've told people I'm really not a very good project manager because I didn't really figure out the wing <laughs> join on this one until both wings were almost done and and I was starting to work on the fuselage barrels and finally right. I could visualize I could see okay I've got two each wing has two wing spars and I know I'm going to join them um, each wing spar has an upper and lower carbon tube which is like mm-hmm. a spar cap. So I knew that I was going to join the wings with telescoping carbon tubes across the center line. 
Mm. Right. Yep. Um, and basically slide the, the two wing halves together. Right. From there, I wasn't sure how, and I knew that the fuselage has some formers. wasn't sure how that was going to translate into wing attach. And so what I wound up mm -hmm. with is actually something very, very old and uh, scale, like true to full scale. There are four bolts in shear that connect the fuselage to the wing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're nylon bolts, too, so that they are uh, you know, so a, they, a design they, failure, failure point. So they weave, so they basically go from the, uh, the wing outside to the inside, or do oh, they go so inside to the out and you kind of screw them in and they kind of pull the it bolt, in? The bolt axis is fore aft. Oh, okay. The okay. wing spars are coming in sideways, right? The wing yep. spars are lateral. There's a fuse frame that comes in. Uh, there's a, a for, there's two fuse frames. There's a forward one that comes in in front of the front spar. Okay. And then there's another fuse frame that goes behind the rear spar. Like a fuse former front and back of the of the spars. Yeah, there's Is two big fuselage bulkheads. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. Gotcha. In, in the main barrel section, right over the wing. Front mm -hmm. one goes in front of the front spar. The rear one goes behind the rear spar. They basically sandwich the those two spars. And then the four bolts. There's two in the front and two in the back. And, and they just tie it all together. And that's it. That's all that holds the wing to the fuselage. Simplicity and, has beauty to it. Yeah, and then and because I, and I remembered some old stories that my dad had told me. I think it was a B twenty nine. Um, also has basically four massive bolts joins the wing structure to the fuselage structure in a not quite the same but in a similar fashion no. yeah it's probably not a whole lot different and, and yeah and when you why didn't i talk really... to you like a month ago <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no, you're good well that um yeah uh, when you really get into structure design, I've learned I've learned so much from people. That, yeah, I mean simplicity, um, like load path. Load paths are like water; they always follow the path of least resistance. Always, it's not always it's, where you want it to go. It's the um, stiffest first. Yes, whatever gives first. the least is where right. it goes. Yeah, um, which is why you find so many full scale structures that are designed. With, like, why is there only four bolts? Because you know that that's where the load's going to go. Like, you design it yeah. specifically. If you put a hundred bolts to hold a thing on, you don't know which one's going to fail first. You don't know where the load's going to go unless you've got supercomputers, which of course they didn't have in B29 days. Mm -hmm. um, so you design it so that you know where the load is going to go and you know mm -hmm. how it's going to fail and when it's going to fail and you, and you just know, know what those loads are you can fly around it right because oh. if you have an unintended load path it means that 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 thing that's taking all the pressure may not be designed for that pressure and it will exactly get... and it's usually not <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's yeah we yeah that's part of what i do in my daily job and that's always interesting just kind of rolling around in your head okay this thing's gonna wiggle <laughs> and in an earthquake you know it's gonna it's gonna wiggle 
And all that stuff that's wiggling is going to be supported through the stiffest things. Where are they? You know? <laughs> Um, yep. And let's figure out where those are so we can, you know, design that properly. Or should we stiffen up other parts so the load goes there instead of, you know, where yeah. where, where it's likely to go? So anyway, yeah, that and it's interesting to think because I don't think of planes that way in my head, mm -hmm. even though I know they're the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the it, structures are structures are structures. Whether it's on the ground in the air on water, yeah. it's the same stuff. So True. yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to hear you talk about. It. I appreciate you kind of getting into some yeah. of the details of that because that is, you know, it it doesn't play a big role in, you know, um, the the lightweight three three foot foamies or the six foot even the five or six foot foamies, but once you start getting past that point, is yeah. where you really need to start at least looking at it. It's true. They, it definitely it. it's not as crucial. Yeah, on the smaller stuff. But I would, I would encourage people, even if you are building, you know, a four, five, six foot model, um, you should start to think about, you know, building, building load paths or, or, you know, analyzing load paths. And analyzing might be too lofty a word, but at least thinking about it and, and being smart yeah. about it. Because um, something I've, I found when I built uh, um, B-52 at Flight Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone that saw that, that was a 14 foot all foam board. All it foam was board awesome to behold board. as well. Um, all electric. I test supplied all the electronics and I built it on site or I, no backtrack. I didn't build it. Me and a bunch of people built it. It was a team effort. Right. Um, I remember that project. That was a flight plus 21. No, I think it was 19. Oh, yeah, it was 19. It was I thought you have a different project. You, but yep. before that, I made a seven-foot one mm -hmm. at, back at, at home. And both of them used only uh, all, all foam board. I mean, I had carbon tubes, again, just joining at the wing root. But right. They did not extend out down the wing. There was no carbon down the wing. There was no carbon in the fuselage. The way I right. got away with that is you only build structure where you need it. Because if you add more structure where you think you need it, you add weight. And as you add weight, you need more structure to hold on to that weight that you just <laughs> added. And that is a downward spiral into the ground. Right. Welcome so, to Aerodynamic Structures 101. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, it's a tough it's a tough one. Yeah, and you can't always – I mean, it, this is why you, you have to think about it, you know, tactically or strategically with whatever you're building because with the buff – um, I knew that I'd have a ton of wire in the wing and I'd have a bunch of motors out on the wing and speed controllers. Um, and right. so I knew I'd have a lot of weight, more than half of the structure, more than half of the weight of the airplane was going to be in the wings. Yeah. Um, which, which isn't common, right? Like if you've got your motor <clears throat> right. in the it's fuse. It's not common like... for an RC plane, but it actually is kind of mimicking the real B-52. I mean, when it had payload, it's carrying it in the middle, but, um, all the fuel and all the engines and all the systems are all in the wings. Right. The B-52 is an incredibly, it still is a, a very good performing airplane, even by today's standards, aerodynamically. It's insane. Um, but it, with, it was really cool to watch it. Just you, it didn't look like it took a lot of energy to keep up in the air and stay there. 
Like you probably could have taken that around for a while. It's what it looked like. So, but excuse me with that, um, with, with looking at the B 52 wing structure, um, the only re you know, one of the ways I was able to do that is because the wing was basically span loaded. So mm -hmm. didn't need more than a foam spar to basically keep the upper and lower skins apart. Because all the stress is going through the upper and lower skins. It's the you know the right. foam web isn't carrying any load. It's just a sheer a sheer panel. Um, right. It's transferring the load to the top skin. Exactly. So that points, fourteen yeah. foot B fifty two only weighed thirty one pounds uh, <laughs> with batteries and everything. Yeah, wow. it's. It seems like that's a lot, but I mean, at that size, at that it, size it starts no. adding up quick. Yeah. So, yeah, start thinking about it even when you're building medium big, uh, and then it won't bite you when you get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Um, geez, that, and that's that's the thing is like I think the first, the first big I'll call it big plane I remember you attempting was the XB seventy. Oh yeah. Right? You know, huh? that's where, you know, you, you, how did, and that's the other thing I always wanted to know. I'm just kind of curious because some of these guys um, like you and some of the other guys I see on the forums, they're like, Hey, I'm building this thing and I'm, I guess I'm sponsored and somebody's giving me all these <laughs> motors to do this ridiculous thing. I'm trying and it should be fun. Right? Like obviously you've shown that you can put together a project well and you can document it well enough. And it obviously garners attention because it's, attention grabbing um the the size that you built that xb70 that's basically the precursor to the concord right uh in in the real life you mean the precursor well, yeah i mean that with the one that you were building was that's that's the model you're building right so yeah i built the xb70 valkyrie it was 10 and a half feet long i think mm -hmm. yeah um and so that one's actually a really good contrast to talk about when we're talking about, you know, building light versus building, uh, stout. Um, I did not think ahead very much about weight when I built the, the Valkyrie. Um, mm -hmm. and that for contrast, that was a 10 and a half foot long model that weighed 27 pounds versus 14 foot span, 12 foot long, 52, Weighed only weighed like six pounds more right mm -hmm. yeah you were a lot smarter about where you're putting in your structure and your extra yeah i foam. i went now not completely fair like the, the valkyrie model had retracts it had six ducted fans and it was only on four cell so it was <laughs> less efficient power um right that's what yeah. i had at the time um right that so but i still i i didn't really think um, as strategically about, about weight on that one. Um, mm -hmm. it still flew, but only by the skin of my teeth. Um, <laughs> that was, right, but you, you did a good job of documenting the, the journey along the way and kind of oh, what thanks. you were doing and what you're like, Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. Or, Oh, that, this is awesome. Look at this. I'm going to do this for about an hour. I'm going to show you a couple minutes of it, but I'll be here for an hour <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> with the retracts up and down and up and up, which, which is always really satisfying when you're like this part I did and I figured out and it's working. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing this until I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
was really cool. And and then the fact that you stuck with it too, because if I remember in the Valkyrie, you you took you had you have a fence at the very end of your landing strip. Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah, it ran the whole length of it's it's the the guard fence, but you know it's the flight line yeah. fence on the runway. This is a runway out in Southern California at uh, Corona, mm-hmm. and or near Prado Dam actually, not Corona, but um, it, it it's a little you know waist high chain link fence that runs the parallel to the runway, yeah. and the maiden flight of the first one. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it didn't even get off the ground. I didn't, nose wheel didn't even lift off. Um, no, I just kept rolling fast. I went full throttle <laughs> down the runway and there was a slight crosswind and I had my rudder rates on mid because I was worried about fishtailing down the runway. Mm-hmm. I did not have enough authority to counteract the crosswind and the whole side of the fuselage forward of the wing is just a big flat plate for the <laughs> yeah, you know, five, it, it was a five, like a five knot crosswind, but all that surface area was getting wind blown on it. So my whole nose was just gently getting blown left. Yeah. Steering me left. I couldn't do anything <laughs> or I could, I could have chopped the throttle, hit the brakes. Right. I didn't. I was like, but you thought go, go, I'm man, almost there. Me. I can just I'm pull up. There. It'll be great. Yeah. I wasn't anywhere close to almost there. Um, but so it went left, it went into the dirt and then it went into the, the chain link fence, which effectively turned into a cheese grater for foam. <laughs> and it just destroyed first one, which yeah. I had painted. I mean, oh, I, was beautiful. I, I was like, I looked like a ghost after painting that airplane. I was, I didn't wear a bunny suit. Do not do, you know, pay attention. You know, don't learn from me. Where we're covering and all that good jazz, but um, that was the also the first project that I had ever been quote unquote sponsored for. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wanted... approached Josh Bixler uh, and had a phone call with him where I basically pitched him my idea, like, "Hey, I want to build this crazy foot Valkyrie." Um, but I want to do it at a foam board. And so I want to showcase flight test and their materials. Would you, you know, willing to come alongside me? And he was in before I could finish my sentence. I mean, he, he was, <laughs> it was, yeah. it was really cool. Um, so they flight test actually bought, um, all the EDFs and speed controllers. Um, most, yeah. and I think you know, most of the big ticket stuff, they, got um did i say batteries yeah they did batteries okay um yeah so i mean they they got the guts set out for you so that you could focus on building when i when i crashed it i was like oh man how do i (laughs) and he was so he was really cool about it um and so i was like i'm gonna i'm not gonna give up i'll keep trying so i built the second one but i Mm -hmm. I told him ahead of time, I was like, I'm not going to try and make it pretty. Um, uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be a flight test Valkyrie. <laughs> right. Yeah. <You> know? <laughs> and I did. And they actually sent me, they sent me like a massive, like four foot flight test decal. Um, <laughs> maybe not four feet. Maybe it was like, you know, no, two and a half feet, but still. Bigger than it's reasonable. Big enough. <laughs> a giant vinyl. Yeah. So that I could plaster the wing. 
uh, right. with with flight test on it and uh, so, so it, and that was actually kind of cool to have a thing that looked like a Valkyrie but also looked like it was made out of cardboard and, right and then it's flying and it's like what so yeah, yeah. that's really cool and then I crashed that one too so <laughs> well, you know as as with all things foam board it seems eventually yeah. you either push it because you want to see what how how much can I get away with, <laughs> and eventually you go oh not that far, and then that so, might be the end of it. It's like oh. yeah, don't go downwind on part throttle with a delta wing. <laughs> Good tip. Thank you. We may need that later, Joe. Are you writing this down? <laughs> yep, got it. <clears throat> Unless nice. you have altitude. Right. Yeah, where you you have, have any it up. Of those things. <laughs> right. No, but that, yeah. that was cool. That was what I remember following that project going, wow, this is a lot of fun to watch you try and get this, what looks like something that we've all kind of had in the back of our head, like, oh my gosh, it would be so incredible to pull this kind of plane together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's doing it. Holy cow, he's doing it. <laughs> and then watch you hit it with the cheese grater, like, oh no. Yeah. Oh. And you're like, I'll get it. I'll do it. And like, okay, cool. It was very exciting. I ended up actually making that chuck glider that you had done oh, cool. to test the CG. Yeah. And I, I, I made it for one of the STEM nights. So I made like 30 of those things. I remember that. And all the kids loved it. They were like, because that thing chucks so good. You just chuck it. Yeah. And it just goes. Oh, like, yeah. Nice. They fly great. That, that Perfectly was balanced. I remember that too. That, yeah. that was a fun one. I think I've, um, what I really liked about <laughs> that, I didn't need anything else. So when yeah. I finish up some of the other chuck lighters, uh, as I'm like, we're, the words are coming out of my mouth of like, hey, guys, it's not quite balanced yet. You might want to hold off or like, hey, don't forget the pennies. Like, it's, yeah. it's gone. It's already yeah, airborne. Yeah, all they're the doing, planes, they do yeah, test they're all, and, yeah, yeah, they do flips over themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and it's like, well, if you put the weight in it, you might not have busted it right away. Like, you know, anyway. But So I, what I liked about that was it was it essentially the way it was set up was, uh, was the foam on the front was perfectly balanced with the foam on the back. So it was set to almost be naturalized CG. As long as you used cool. enough uh, glue to glue the nose together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I mean, that's easy. You know, that's easy enough to do. I think we did ours with tape, and which was oh. weird. But uh, and then it, glue would have worked better. But again, I'm dealing with like four-year-olds and six-year-olds. So I'm like, okay, hot glue, maybe not the best thing to introduce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember well, the first project that I remember kind of coming from your brain was your honorary Bugatti, the baby Bugatti, oh, yeah. which was Orchard was building this just stunning, just yeah, gorgeous uh, Bugatti. blue Bugatti uh, airplane that you're like, holy cow, is that not, is that a scale? Rep what is that? You know? Yeah. And, um, and then with you're like, okay, we should. propellers. Right. Count with count all the things, all because it's yeah. in, in his style. He's, He's putting all the all the rivets on it, you know, all the rivets, all the details, all the <laughs> stuff. And then you're sitting there like, well, I think we should all build one of these here. Here's a really simple, relatively simple um, build. Right. Yeah. And it, it was it was awesome. And you you built it. And then you're like, I think after I built mine and crunched it into the ground pretty quick because I didn't know how to fly anything. Um, you're like, oh. Here's one that's like 20% bigger, way better. It <laughs> handles so much easier. This is better. I'm like, oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that was the first one where I saw, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a neat way to kind of pay homage to somebody who's really 
working on something that's way beyond our skill, you know, but yet bring it available to us. Did you hear the, um, the sort of behind the scenes about why that came to be the baby Bugatti? No, no, I didn't. It's not really that behind the scenes, but I think he talked about it when they interviewed him, um, at flight fest. Mm -hmm. He uh, orchard, um, had been building his Bugatti and, um, in our sort of group chat on the side, he had kind of confessed, you know, as he had hit a wall, and similar to where I was on C-47 sometimes, and even on this one now, once in a while. He had really just <laughs> hit a wall and could not, it just was really lacking for, you know, drive, inspiration, and yeah. um, so <clears throat> I saw him sort of lamenting that, and uh, I was like, oh. so I thought, well, let's just make a simple one. So I didn't tell anyone. Um, so I just made it, uh, designed a little one sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what and, I loved about it. Yeah. And so then I sent it to him before I sent it to anybody else. Um, and he, 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 he talks about this too, that, you know, he built it. And it was able to distract him long enough and sort of just get his creative juices flowing again and get him, you know, get get the boulder rolling again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that was that was the the genesis of of that little build. It, yeah, maybe not the intended consequence of it. I'm sure that's not what you're aiming for per se, but. Um... But yeah, but definitely it's an inspiration. Like, hey, look at what what you're doing is inspiring others like me. You know, that's awesome. So let's talk about, um, we talked a lot about where you were at with the A26. We were kind of going back down your history of builds. Um, You know, what, what, actually, that's a good question. What started you doing the video log? Um. It that, seems like that's what started a lot of this. I started doing the vlogging thing um, completely unrelated to RC stuff. It was just, uh, I happened to see some of the other people getting, you know, it started to become a thing that people did on YouTube, and I thought it was silly and funny. And But then I kind of mm-hmm. noticed, like, they didn't seem to be doing it. It, it didn't seem real to me. So I started like, I'm going to do a vlog and it's going to be completely raw and unedited. And just, this is, this is life. And I don't care if I'm popular or not. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) most of them were, um, my wife and I and our kittens, um, you know, and, (laughs) and sometimes our youth group kids and, um, you know, just completely random, like usually three or four minutes. Um, and, did it every day um it was a daily vlog i literally did one every day for years um and then my son was born and you can't do that (laughs) and yeah and have a son but i do i am thankful that i was doing it because had i not been doing that um i would not have um such a record of the day my son was born Right, um, which is an incredibly special moment. Um, in a, you know, it's just an incredibly special day, and the sh- so that's a whole other story. I, I I could go into all kinds of stories, but um, um, 
Yeah, so I'm grateful that I had been doing it because I have that on, on record and that's in the, a, a, a really special video to go back and I, I share that every yeah. year on his birthday. Oh, um, dude, that's so cool. And so as I got more back into RC stuff, because I had done RC when I was younger and I did um, sloping mostly, um, slope gliding. Yeah. Um, as I got more back into it, um, doing as electric became more, you know, viable and everything. Um, that just sort of became the thing that I, you know, wanted to record and, and share with people. So that uh, I just kind of just put it all on one channel. Cause I didn't feel like publishing and getting, you know, complicated and making this channel for that or that channel for that. So I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to share stuff. This is me and my life. So here um, it is. Right here it is so now my my channel is still it, it it's more you know almost all rc stuff now um but and because i've been i've had the channel for so long i've they've now allowed me to just make it like youtube.com slash ben harbor um mm -hmm. so it's it's nice oh, and cool. easy to find and share but the actual like official youtube registered title for my channel is Ben sucks at vlogging. <laughs> yep, I remember that. And that's and that's sucks with an X. Yep. The old school. Oh, old yeah. school sucks. Go way back. <laughs> well, so. so that so that reminds so okay, so your son was born, obviously an incredible day in any person's life. And I noticed that as you started delving back into the planes, you started making the videos. Um, what I, I do want to talk about where where did you start? Like, how did you get back into it? Um, did you go back into slope soaring, and then what uh, brought you around um, to? You said the electric was getting obviously a more reasonably viable solution. Yeah, um, to be able to so put in there. Briefly, I'll just say you know what took me out of it was. I crashed a, a, a gas-powered Stick 40 trainer, and I didn't want to put toothpicks back together. Um, <laughs> so that kind okay. of dampened my the entry to it. Mm -hmm. um, even though I had I had been having a lot of fun doing um, sloping and 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 foam stuff, um, yeah. styrofoam, you know, packing tape yeah. covered and all stuff. Um, but and then also school and work. And other priorities, I put in way too much money to my first truck and, you know, working on cars <laughs> and things. So, yeah. um, what brought me back to it was um, actually kind of 3D printing and some design stuff that I'd like to do on the on my own, where I was, um, and then, and I somehow came across uh, the video of David Vindestall doing uh, RC to space and back, or FPV to space and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, he, he was he put FPV, working... yeah, FPV on a weather balloon, right? Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and then on a little RC, um, well, it was a fun jet, I think, that he had made in, into a glider. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and at the time, he was working with flight tests, and so on the suggested videos on YouTube showed flight test. And so I found flight test and I was like, Oh, Hey, I can do RC with like foam board, hot glue and electric. I'll, I'm all over that. <laughs> mm -hmm. That sounds way easier and less painful in the long run. 
Yeah, yeah, I got into it. Um, they definitely were were a, a vehicle of, to re-entry into the hobby for me, um, and because it just it made the it made it easy, it made it stupid easy. Um, and of course, I went crazy on on three D printing and other things. I was playing with Shapeways and other stuff even before I had printers um, or a printer. Um, and yeah, but the foam board thing really captured me. And so I started designing stuff because it's also what I do for a day job. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been doing CAD for, you know, since I was in school. Um, and so I do CAD all day at work. Uh, so I, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of CAD? Like a 3D modeling, uh, 2D? 3D, 3D modeling, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at work, they've got all, you know, high-end fancy fancy stuff um but i found some stuff that i could work this is before fusion and all that you know so i right. found some stuff i autodesk could work with. And, autodesk inventor is somebody's salary um if you have to buy it <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so that was you know doing doing foam board and, and designing my own stuff and uh or or even you know copying real stuff that my my the first one that i really had a lot of fun with was the I designed the EDF A4 Skyhawk. Um, and so that was, that, that one kind of really got me, got me rolling on the jet thing. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed you're, <laughs> uh, it's funny. We're, we're talking, I was talking to Brian Rara Ra Ra earlier. Yeah. He was like, what, what history could I help you with? He's like, maybe the A4, that would be good. He literally <laughs> was asking about it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I don't know if that's what we need tonight, but you know, we'll see. So maybe we'll, we'll learn dug, about that. Next I dug a lot weeks. into the, yeah, you can definitely have me back to talk A4. I, I dug a lot into the design history of the A4 when I built, when I designed that model. Okay. Um, we'll hold you to that, Ben. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. No, so that's one of the things that I learned. One of the first things I learned at some of the some of the challenges on the flight test forum is that if you take a moment and learn the history of the plane, it yeah. changes how much you enjoy the building of the the silly foam plane you're building, right? Mm -hmm. Or in your case, the giant version of the foam. You know, like like, but you can appreciate what <laughs> it's still silly. what it took. Yeah, it, I guess so. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it gives a greater appreciation to where it sits in history, you know, well, what, what it is you were doing, and maybe some of the decisions that they make, especially when you start flying it and you go, oh, I see what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty neat. Um, so let's, so you, so you started with the A4, but you went through jet after jet after jet. What, what is it that pulls you to jets? Uh, I think it was again that not a lot of people were doing them, uh, especially mm. in foam board. There was lots of other jets, and they're foamy jets, you know, arf jets, and 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 then obviously there was there's turbines and you know, all that crazy stuff. But right. there wasn't a, there wasn't any foam board jet stuff out there. I mean, and EDFs were out were things, so they were they, they weren't super popular. There wasn't a lot of them, but. But they were there and affordable-ish, you know, enough. I mean, a four-cell EDF wasn't, you know, like, I don't know, 35, 40 bucks. Yeah, it, um, it was reasonable enough. Yeah. So, um, and, and also I, 
I, I like not, you know, having a, a propeller to cut my fingers on and um, designing around a, basically just a thrust tube is, is really pretty simple because um, you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about torque. You don't have to worry about uh, a lot of other, you know, crap with yeah. propellers. And so I just kind of went, I just went whole hog and went down the jet route. So I did the A4 Skyhawk. And then I think the next one was a F5 Tiger Shark. Um, and then um, F4 Phantom 2. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Um, I should remember. What else did I do? The YF23. I did it YF23. That Yeah, that was actually pretty recent. Um it was, I but I, I it stuck out. I was oh, like, oh, yeah, that's so good. I completely forgot. I, I skipped over um, F-16. Oh, right. The, I did F-16 right after the A-4. Mm-hmm. And the, they, they fly on the same power best. plant. Yeah, and the F-16 is one of my favorite ones I've ever done because the A-4, when I first flew it, I had the ailerons reversed. And... Oh no! <laughs> that, that hurts just to, just, just got, to hear that statement. I got Both so went, oh. I got so lucky. I hand launched it. It flew out of my hand. I went to roll it. It rolled backwards, and I continued the roll, stopped it, and landed it back on its belly. Yeah, you lucky I, dog. I got so, and I ran over there, and so I reversed the ailerons, and I flew it, and it was fine so lucky um but besides that i learned a lot through you know failure and bumps and bruises on the a4 the f-16 maiden flight the maiden toss of the f-16 it flew out of my hands and it didn't need to click a trim and i was like wow what (laughs) (laughs) but even as it flew I it was almost at the same time I had the simultaneous thought like, well that's nice, but what if that's what happened when I first flew my A4? How little would I have learned? Right. You know, like I was almost more thankful for all of the crud that I had to go through with the A4 than for the F16 that just sailed out of my hands and basically flew hands off. You right. know. So I, it, no one really, no one enjoys, I mean, even I don't enjoy crashing a plane, but I value it more, yeah. you know, than, than one that has no issues. <laughs> right. Because it, it's not, uh, it's not memorable. It doesn't have as much blood, sweat and tears. The, yeah. the struggle to victory, uh, yeet ratio is way different (laughs) where you're like (laughs) like i did it i did it yes you know like uh i feel like i had that that kind of deal with these um the flying car Uh uh-huh i ended up designing a flying car and i was like there's no way this is gonna work and like i didn't have too much trials but it there were some things it took a little bit and it was a weird weird bird to put together and then (laughs) I, I got it and then it it went up and it went up and it flew and it flew great and I was like holy cow <laughs> you know got it down in one piece I was like oh my god 
this is not like all the others. The other one's just crashing no. the fences. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of, my, was one of my favorite questions that people ask me is, you know, how many, how often, no, what did they say? They say, how many planes have you crashed? Yes. And I say all of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what people are like, oh my God, you guys, can you just not know how to fly? I'm like, no, no, no. You, you fly them. And I go, okay, cool. This flies great. Yeah. How much? Yeah, let me try something. <laughs> what if I do a little bit more here? And let me let me push this one a little bit harder. And if I just crank it, yeah, <laughs> is it what's it going to do, right? And then you go do right. it, and then you, sometimes that's we the all end. Know, of it. We all know the famous last words: "Just one more flight." But there's also <laughs> the other the other famous last words: well, "What if I try this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's usually my yep. famous last words. <laughs> Let me definitely. Or, uh, it's, let me try something. <laughs> Wasn't oh, no. it, Joe and I were out at the field flying the noob, the noob wonder. Um, which, by the way, I've flown the wonder. The wonders fly awesome. The noob wonder flies somehow a little better, and I don't even get it. Uh, maybe it's the I, tail fins. Yeah, I mean, there's enough vertical plates that serve for helping it track. I guess. Um, it's just having fun. turned uh the six axes off that yeah. is not a plane great for somebody out of practice that's for sure <laughs> so we that's... were out there and we were flying it and joe was trying it for the first time and he's like you think we should try another battery do you think we got maybe one more i'm like joe you just said the magic words we have to stop now <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm like, if we go up now, we will lose this plane. It will yeah. be fun. It'll be spectacular. With any luck, we'll get it on video. So yeah. it won't be a loss, but I want to keep this one a little longer. So I'll yeah. we'll have to put it away now. Discretion <laughs> is the better part of valor. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, this goes against everything I believe right now, but I think we should. <laughs> so that, yeah, I, I have one caveat to my, you know, all of them answer, and that is the C-47. And although I have mm -hmm. had some rough landings um or rough ish um that is only still around because i listen to that voice m way more when i'm flying that plane is, you know now, why is why do you think that is what what's your thoughts on that oh I, it, there's more blood sweat and tears in it or there's i just maybe i'm just more aware of the the scale of the I guess what's at stake, you know, with that airplane, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's I because I have that that moment with with all my planes when I'm trying something. It's like, you know, should should I try this? Ah, it's fine. I'll try it. And then, you know, more often than not, it it, it ends in a crash, and you learn something and you move on. Um, but. With this, with with the C forty seven, I I guess I take a few extra moments of pause, and it's like, okay, I could, but I don't have a great feeling about it, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. And mm. and I'm just and and with that plane, I'm just I'm okay with not risking it, you know. Um, like I wanted to take it to Seth, and yeah. um, e either you know show it off, but also maybe. Um, maybe get permission to fly, and you know, if someone, if there was an inspector there that could sign it off, uh, so I could fly at the, you know, AMA mm -hmm. event. Now, 
Is, um, is that because it's over 55 pounds it has to go through a whole extra ex- Yeah, uh, they inspection. actually have two levels. There's it's called the large model aircraft like program within the AMA. Um there's LMA1 which is between 55 and 77 pounds mm-hmm. and then LMA2 which is 77 to 125. Um okay. there's a there's some fractions in there. It's like 77.5 or something like that, but it's roughly. So I'm actually in the LMA2 category, which if you're LMA1, you can quote unquote self-certify. You can fill out the paperwork and just, you know, say Scout's Honor, I, I did all the math right and here's my application to be LMA1 and right. then you can go fly. LMA2. And I've inspected this fully. Yeah. I've, I've done the inspection checklist before the profile. Right. Yeah, they have a checklist, you fill it out and then you submit it. And, and you actually don't even have to wait for them to approve it before your like maiden checkout flight, but you just got to fill out all the stuff. Okay. So, but LMA2, you have to have an LMA inspector actually check it out and witness your check ride flight, essentially. Um, which, so uh, there aren't any super close by and. Uh, I'm still trying to get that sorted out. Um, but on the topic, you know, of the C-47, I, I could have just put it in the trailer and took it with me, but combination of, I don't know if there's going to be an inspector and I don't know how good the weather's going to be. And it's just risking damage to the plane. It's not worth it. So yeah. I just didn't take it. I just left it home and it was kind of a bummer, but that freed up the rest of my headspace and the week there to just have fun with my son, you know, yeah. and, and enjoy flying what we had. And it actually worked out well too, because we did get rain one day. And so we were able to just close up the trailer and hang out in the trailer. And yeah. we actually slept in the trailer one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like it's our little camera. If it was, we couldn't have done that if it was full of C-47. <laughs> yeah right does that pretty much take up the full trailer uh yeah you can walk okay. around it but it's a, a delicate it's operation and, okay it's like <laughs> it's no it nooks and crannies it's not yeah um big giant you know walkways or whatever no okay. uh let's see so how did you get involved really with the flight test community because i know like you were doing stuff and obviously you were part of the forums i saw you and me were amongst mm-hmm. a ton of other people just you know going hog wild having a blast with what else can we do with this you know so yeah i got um i mean do, doing the the foam board jets uh was was kind of my my entry to sharing stuff on the forums okay and uh i think it was anyway i have to look back in the history um <laughs> it's been a while but yeah. my the first and I, and I was following along you know following flight fest when they did the sort of unofficial first one in 2014 and then the first mm-hmm. big one in 2015. Um, and then I've almost on a joke said, you know, Hey, we should go next year to my wife. And she said, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, I'm going to, we're going to plan it. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to go. Um, I'm writing so, up a contract now. You need to sign this. before you do it. <laughs> Yeah. So we went, uh, three of us, uh, our, my wife and I and our three-year-old son at the time, uh, which I don't recommend uh, to everyone uh, to take a three-year-old <laughs> to Flight Fest. Um, yes. Unless, I, unless you I know concur. what you're getting. I mean, 
three-year-olds can have fun at Flight Fest. I'll, I'll, I'll say that um, in general. But just know what you're getting into. Don't try and you know fly all the things and build all the things if you have a three-year-old. You, yeah. you need to balance it. And I didn't have a best the best balance, so I I learned some things that were not plane related that year, and that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was still that. So that's kind of how I got hooked up with a lot of uh, people, or, or I started meeting people going to Flight Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I participated in the the world record flight where we did right. the um, hundred and some on actually I've got the certificate right here on my wall. Uh hundred and seventy nine was the yep. official record number. Um mm. and then we also did the Gotha Gaggle and that's where I met Joshua Orchard for the first time. Um and Rasterize, Steve Rosa. Yep. Um and a bunch of other guys, Spawns and Mike Finley and Pat, all those guys. Yeah, all the good, all the good folk. Yeah, yeah, good peoples. So that's kind of the genesis of that. Nice. Um, do you, now? I know you also have uh, official release. Is the FT commuter? Uh huh. Um, I keep looking at. I don't know why I haven't built it yet. I think I've I pulled it out and almost built it three different times. It <laughs> looks like a sturdy, like a really sturdy trainer plane. You know, I never used it as a trainer. It could, it, it certainly is. It is a very sturdy build. It's built after um, the, the Cessna 182, is it? No, it's the Cessna 150. 150. Right. 150M was the commuter model. Um, and I'm only being specific about that because that was the plane that my grandpa Al had. Yeah. When yeah. I, when he started teaching me to fly when I was like, I don't know, eight, um, yeah. he would take me up with him and, um, I'd sit on a phone book and he duct taped two by fours to the rudder pedals so that I could feel what he was doing and reach everything. Um, <clears throat> cool. So yeah, I'm kind of, I made that in, in his honor and yeah, yeah it is a, it is a pretty solid little plane. Um, yeah, that... especially for, especially for its size. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what, what I, what I mean when I was looking at like how it's constructed, I'm like, wow, that's, all those yeah. little angles really make a big difference in how solid it's yeah. going to be. They really do. And I, I, yeah, I've cartwheeled that plane the, the first few that I pulled. I <laughs> I was pretty rough on it, and it still kept flying. Uh, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Again, build light, and then there's not enough mass in its own self to hurt it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I so, actually, I I still have one. Also, I have a, a kit that I had not that I haven't built, and I want to try and put um, a little um, 1106 micro quad motor on it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's light enough that it would fly on a little 1106 on like two or three cell. With like a uh, three inch, <clears throat> like three inch prop or four inch prop? Yeah. I don't know. Something like, yeah, something like that. Okay. All right. Cause that, that would, would be, be fun even, to see. Even lighter. I know. Right. That'd be even crazy. <laughs> You're using um. Oh, where the heck I have one of these, these little, uh, 450 single single cell or two of these oh cool hooked uh-huh. together these yep. uh that's that's what i'm looking for it's a little two cell job over here yeah <clears throat> that'd be enough to get it out there sweet um so which one of these and i know this isn't fair but which one okay. of these is your favorite at the moment Wh- which one of of, of all, what? all the designs you've done all your babies 
Uh, is there okay. is there a favorite? Uh, you you can have a runner up. It it's not meant to take for <clears throat> Just just a, I was just curious if the, you had one that stood out. For for fun flying, um, my and I I didn't mention this one in the in the jet lineup, but I did an F eighteen Super Hornet. Mm-hmm. Um. Of my own design, but this was before Overstreet did his that became the Master Series, which is also a great Super Hornet design. Mm-hmm. Um, but of mine, I like my Super Hornet um, because similar to John's, uh, it's very floaty, deceptively so for its size. Um, and it is also incredibly maneuverable. And when I designed mine, I simplified it <clears throat> to be just Elevon. Uh, controls on the tails, so it's got all moving sta- all moving stabilator tails, with no ailerons or anything on the wing. So it's only a two servo jet uh, with mm. twin seventy millimeter fans, and it is light and it's fun, and you can throw it around the sky and you can go fast. And it was so that that was how, that's how do I find that on the forums? Is it anywhere? It's on resources. Yeah, it's under my okay. name. All right. Um, I have a certain lady friend (laughs) who wanted to be a fighter pilot when she was younger. Her hearing kept her from definitely doing that. Mm. Um, But she loves the Super Hornet. Like, loves the Super Hornet. Um, So if I... I think it's in uh, one of the... There's a a video of the maiden. I I maidened it out in the desert of Palm Springs. Uh, We were visiting my wife's mom at the time. Okay. And we flew it out there, and I made this one low pass, and I don't know if I caught a rotor or wind or if it was a twitch of my thumb, but it went into the rocks hard. <laughs> and my son crawled down over the lip of the hill to pick it up, and he comes up with this just pile of airplane and just plops it on the ground very unceremoniously. And it's the best. It's one of the funniest moments <laughs> I've ever recorded on video. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I think I remember that. I remember watching um, it. So that's, on, that's in the build thread somewhere. I'm sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, as far as favorite, just top, I, I got to say C47 for now. Um, we'll see after I fly the A26, if that, um takes the takes the spot but flying something so massive that just doesn't like it shouldn't fly the way it does from what it looks like right it Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm just very thankful that everything came together and i'm just yeah it's just a kind of a joy to fly and and share with people and see the smiles and all the oohs and ahs is yeah it's fun it, it it's something to watch again if you're bringing <laughs> it out to flight fest again and gonna fly it uh that is certainly if, if yep. you were going to be there so for our listeners who are going to be there be, pay attention to when that's going to fly because that is something really incredible to, to watch yeah <clears throat> maybe you can get is definitely coming um, if I finish the A26 in time, which I'm crossing all my fingers and toes and pushing hard to finish it, <laughs> that will also be there. And if it's there and I can um, swindle another uh, pilot, maybe Jason or um, David, um, I would love to fly them both at the same time. 
that's a lot of trust you're putting in somebody. Yeah. It, well, I know Jason has giant scale experience, and so does David. Yeah. Uh, quick question for you. Yeah. How big would the Waco glider wingspan be? At quarter scale? Yeah. Um, roughly... Say if a whole community were to come together and build a giant wacko glide. Roughly, like, not that much smaller, like 21 feet, 20 or 21 okay. foot wingspan. Uh, 21 feet would be really hard to pull off at Flight Fest. I mean, obviously not an insurmountable. Uh, obviously, Peter did it, but... Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's eminently doable, uh, especially since it's a really simple design. It really is. It's a giant box. Yeah. <laughs> A beautiful, wonderful, simple body. Okay, X uh, XF eighteen Super Hornet, twin seventy millimeter EDF. Yeah, I see it here. I'm going to put it on my. Thing. Oh, there we go. Okay. I know somebody who's going to be excited if I if we end up building it. Okay, <laughs> very good, <laughs> very important. All right, sorry to interrupt the show with that, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I could help out. Okay, so you were also talking about how at Ceph, and, and you've been doing this for a while now. Um, your son has been part of your journey um, through, mm -hmm. through re-entry <laughs> yep. on out. Um, and he's obviously now starting to get the hands-on experience of the bug. Yeah. Especially evident by what he's bringing to Flight Fest. So how, <laughs> what, what, is your, what is your method what, what that you've been do, using to teach him what have you found to be successful? Obviously, every kid's different, but what are the things you think are, are always like, hey, th these worked, and they seem to work for most people? Uh, or what would you do and what would you not do if you had to so, do it over? Obviously, sims are a great tool, uh, mm -hmm. a great help if, you know, if you're wanting to get into the RC side of it. Um, they're a great practice tool. Um, but really getting, letting them get their hands dirty on stuff, um, you know, starting with truck lighters and even paper, I mean, all, even before that, just paper airplanes, you know, start folding paper airplanes because right there you can, you know, their imagination can just run away and you can, you can show them a simple dart and you can show them other, you know, ways of making a paper airplane. And then yeah, their brain can go off and try and fold something different and then, they start to realize that something that they think looks cool isn't going to fly or, or doesn't fly. And then they're like, well, why doesn't this work? And that question is the, the open door to learning when they say, why didn't this work? Because yeah. one, they're asking the right question and it's, it's coming from them. And then you're just a answering the question you're just answering the query you're not trying to say all right we're gonna sit down and i'm gonna teach you about bernoulli and newton and all these you know, laws of you know this and that and the other because i mean that might be interesting to some people but <clears throat> even i'll get bored with that sometimes yeah. so if it comes from the question that they're asking they're already engaged you don't have to you know manufacture that so yeah, definitely. So think about I I I would think about it in terms of how can I orchestrate situations where they ask questions, 
Okay. So, and and like I have been saying, you know, with with Obi hanging out with me in the hangar, um, trying to let him explore his own creativity of, you know, I want to create this thing, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So let's see what, what would you say that you've tried that wasn't as successful as you thought it would be? Um, teaching no, him well, CAD the way I do CAD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the program I use on my computer is, it works for me, but it's not a great one to really teach and learn on. So I downloaded Fusion on our family computer and I couldn't get, I hadn't, I made the mistake of not sitting down first and learning it myself. So I couldn't really teach him. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, it looks all nice and shiny and here's all the buttons, but we don't really know what they do. And um, so, it, yeah, I, that didn't quite work uh, the way I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> But it, he's he's just, he's gotten more into it himself, and you know okay. we've found some tutorials, and he's getting into it. Um, well, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's that is a difficult thing. The things you think will work versus yeah. what actually seems to go. Oh, that actually worked. Oh, okay. I didn't expect that. Well, All right. Let's did do you it. mean in terms of like teaching? ideas or actual projects uh, i was thinking either teaching ideas i was thinking like how to how to get kids uh yeah. success in you know like you know there's a couple things i thought would work and it's like well that didn't work some things worked well but i wasn't mm. using a method that was good for me you know i yeah. have um like you running around all the time mm-hmm. i don't set my i didn't set myself up for success as in like having everything ready. So when I get out to the field, it'd be like, okay, well, I, I do like I normally do when it's just me, which is spending time getting everything pulled together. In the meantime, the kids are like, oh, this is boring. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. No, <laughs> you they, know? And they, it's like, no, yeah. I should have set it up for like, literally we go, we're going to plug this in here, this in here, double check that it's going the right direction and let's start flying. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah, like, oh that, yeah. In that vein, <laughs> yeah, things like... Uh, like overestimating how simple something is um, based on either someone else's recommendation or mm-hmm. my own experience with it, which is skewed, you know, um, or, you know, in my own, you know, overestimation or, you know, I, I, I think the world of my son. So I think, well, sure, he can handle this. And, <laughs> and I really shouldn't have given him, you know, that thing first. You know, you right. really do need to start with like those two channel, like the easy pack. The easy packs are awesome. Yeah. Um, because you can build a chuck lighter and then you can, you, you can just throw it, balance it, and then you can throw power on it and then experiment with, you know, two degrees of freedom on, on control. Right. And like, yeah. Yep. And you can get used to, you know, reverse orientation, you know, where, you know, mm-hmm. left is right and right is left. <laughs> yeah, and you're already you. building some basics like, okay, this is, you control yeah. height with throttle, you control left and right and keeping it near you with the ailerons. And yeah. then, yeah, you get the orientation and the, the left-right flip 
And then yeah. that's already, that's half the battle. Those are the battles mm -hmm. that will definitely tank a plane every single time, right? Yeah. Like, so and getting those as a core in the easy glider help a lot. Yeah, and that's what the, the, the part where, like, the sim is good, but it, it doesn't have the, like, your, your brain knows that it's not real. So right. you'll try stuff that you normally wouldn't. Or <laughs> if you're not trying stuff that you normally wouldn't, your stress level is lower because you subconsciously know it's not real and there's nothing at stake. Right. right. So you're a better, you're, you're a better pilot in the sim because you're <laughs> just by nature, your stress is lower and you're right. better at almost everything when your stress is lower. Right. <laughs> and so <Wait>, what? <laughs> when you, <laughs> yeah. When you see those people, I, I thought we were talking about this earlier, you know, where you're like, Oh, you can do it in the sim. What, why'd you freak out in real life? Well, because it was real life, and I got a real plane coming at me. And, you know, that real plane went the opposite direction I expected it to, and I freaked out, man. Yeah. <laughs> and know? That's just that. But, like, some of it is like, that plane represents 40 hours of my life floating sure. through the air right yeah. now. <laughs> like, I sp spent a lot of time and effort getting it to that point. Yeah, even you if know. you're not thinking it in those terms, you know, hours of work or whatever, if it's someone else's plane – you still subconsciously you're you're going to look at and think and, and realize this is real if i mess up real damage happens yeah you know it, yeah. it's not just hit reset and and start over <laughs> <laughs> you know? there is no reset button it's called so, a plastic bag <laughs> the, the sim is helpful but really the the value in in just learning from your mistakes is just invaluable so, yeah, you know, letting letting kids try and fail, and then work through the failure and get back on the horse, and and keep getting back on the horse, um, yeah. is really the biggest thing. Teaching them to be stupidly perseverant, or to be yeah. an engineer, <laughs> <laughs> or both, or both. I know, right? Oh, okay. Well, good. Those, those are excellent. Up. Right. Don't give up. Even if it looks bad, you learned a lot. Yeah. So I got to say, one of my favorite quotes of all time was from um, one of my dad's first pastors. Uh, his name's Dr. Ed Cole. Um, he wrote lots of stuff, gave lots of speeches. One of the things that he said was, champions are not those who never fail, but those who never quit. Mm-hmm. And that's always stuck with me. It stuck with me since I was my son's age because, and, and when I first heard it, I thought, Oh, that sounds nice. As I heard it more and I thought about it more over the years, <clears throat> it stuck with me because the more you dig into that, you look at champions, look at champions, you know, like Olympians. That's who I really think about when I hear this quote, right. when I, when I think about it, I think of an Olympic gold medalist. How did they get a gold medal? They didn't get a gold medal because they never, did anything wrong like they got the gold medal because they never stopped trying right right how many gold medalists do you read about that are they they, they go to the olympics for the first time and they medal in their first try out like no the the guy or girl or gal who's got that gold medal probably have a bunch of fourth and bronzes and silvers on the way to that gold yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Don't. Don't quit. 
That's good advice. You need to put that on a plaque or on a shirt. <laughs> and then a picture of a broken plane and on the back, the plane fixed. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> Joe, <clears throat> make quick. We need to put that merchandise together. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're, um, but that's that it's really good advice to end on. I, I appreciate that. Um, but we we have been going on for a while, and when we still haven't done our lightning round with you. <laughs> We, we have a little silly thing that we do. It's a okay. small handful of questions that we give our, after we've exhausted our guests, we like to get it so they're almost delirious, and then we can give them this lightning round. Uh, the goal of this is to give a series of, or we're going to give you this or that kind of uh, questions, and you spit the first thing that comes to your mind. It's okay. Quick, fast kind of deal. Don't worry I'll about do my it. best we're not only, to overthink it. We're only recording it, I promise. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with that, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to start it with sit or stand. Stand. Pinch or thumb. Pinch. Open TX spectrum or other. Open TX. Micro park or giant scale. Giant. Fast or slow. Slow. Snow, water. Pavement or tall grass? Pavement. I like that. P26 or P47? Wait, P, P26 or P47? P, Papa. Papa 26 or Papa 47? Oh, gosh. For what? For fun or for lulls? Your choice. <laughs> okay, P26. Okay. P you shooter. prefer to build or fly? Build. Uh, do you like the older stuff or the newer stuff? Older stuff. Uh, three cell, four cell, six cell, ten cell, twelve cell. All the cells. <laughs> Foam or balsa? Foam. Axes or allies? Allies. Landing gear or belly land? Belly land. And the last and probably most important question we have, creamy or chunky? Say again? Creamy or chunky? <laughs> chunky. Does it change if there's fluff? No. Excellent. Good job. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well done, sir. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> you made it through the lightning round. <laughs> See, yeah. that wasn't so bad. Yeah, it wasn't that so was bad. Fun. That's a good one. Yeah, you never know quite where the answers come. Sometimes they, they go all over the place, uh, but it's always fun to hear what, you, what you're thinking. Now, we have a history, but I, I think we've run out of time. We will get to the C-47 Commando. Um, I chose that one. C-46. Sorry, C-46. What did I say? Seven? C oh C forty seven yeah what the heck's wrong with me oh my it's too late anyway the Curtis C forty six Commando uh, I ch I chose this in part well we were going through a bunch of different numbers I was looking at them this was an interesting I I love the oddities and this plane is a bit of an oddity in its own way which we'll get into um, yep. but you have a connection to this a little bit do you mind talking about it briefly and then yeah uh, we'll we'll maybe we'll play it again right before we. Uh, 
get into or we'll, or we'll talk about it briefly. But if you don't mind talking about it, your yeah, connection I'll be, with I'll, this plane. I'll be I'll be brief with it. Uh, so my other grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, Richard Richard Harbor, um, he was a crew chief in World War II on uh, originally uh, C-47s, and he his squadron their their whole group uh, him and several of other uh, squadrons were training, uh, doing glider tow training uh, in the lead up to D-Day. And unknown to me or anyone else why, uh, him and his squadron at the last minute got switched to C-46s, which were assigned to flying the China-Burma-India theater, um, flying resupply missions. Right. And so he never flew in D-Day and instead flew um, C-46s. And I am incredibly thankful uh, to the good Lord for um, taking him off of the, that flight path. Um, but he always hated the C-46 because he said it was a big, <laughs> slow pig. It was underpowered and fat and ugly. He he hated him. He still to this day he he is he just turned ninety eight a few weeks ago, and he still will tell you how much he hated that C forty six and how much he loved working on the forty sevens. Well, a, a lot of men who flew them they called them the whale or the flying coffin. Yeah, so, uh, there's a whole there's a we'll, we'll get into some of the details, but yeah, that route was pretty interesting because but it started off in India and it would go over the Himalayans. Mm-hmm. Um, up to, I guess, Burmese and, and China and drop off supplies. So it kind of go back and forth. And it's one of the few planes that can really handle that altitude mm. gain and that um, that kind of rugged, the, the rugged weather that is in that area. Um, most of the other that. ones really didn't handle it too well. So that's why they were using, that's where it, it really felt like it had its niche. Gotcha. Um, we'll, we'll get into that, but it's pretty, pretty neat. And yeah, and nobody, it seems like a lot of the pilots weren't, I mean, they, they appreciated it for what it could do and what it did and it, <laughs> it did it well, but it's, it wasn't. It they wasn't appreciated a, it, but they didn't really like it. Right. They didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> they, it wasn't necessarily their favorite plane in the world, but it did have uh, quite, quite a little niche uh, in its role in the war. We'll talk about that next time. So Ben, cool. if you don't mind what you can, you can tune in and hear about it. Um, as, as any, everybody else will probably be the one we record right before it might be in a week or less, a uh, week or two weeks or whatever, uh, trying to get something out and together before we head to flight fest. Um, so if yeah, everybody tunes in for that, I know, right. Yeah, uh, is. what is that? Less than a month. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a whole, I have a whole super sized noob to build. I got, I'm, I'm almost done with one. I still have to build a second. well hopefully the second one will go faster now that you've figured out a lot of stuff with the first one yeah 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 yeah, really i'm spending probably half my time trying to figure out the little like how am i going to do that how's that going to latch is that going to be strong enough (laughs) you know like i want to make sure that i can take it apart but if i do that am i compromising its structural capacity is it going to fall to pieces in mid-flight i don't want that so more tape uh I don't think tape fixes what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to have the, tape. I, maybe, maybe I'm not. I'm not using <laughs> tape in the right locations. Maybe I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Alrighty. 
with that, I want seriously, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today and having a, a, a you know, conversations. I really love talking to you about all the things. I know we can, we need to have you back on probably talk about all the other things that we missed. I'd love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on and spending so much time with us, Ben. And thanks for your patience. Thank you for your patience and in, in the difficulties we've had tonight. Um, Oh, you know, me. Thank just, you. It was my tech that was crapping out. So. Ah, that's okay. It's the listeners won't know about it. <laughs> They'll just hear a little weird chime and it'll all be yeah. fine. <laughs> the magic of editing. Magic of but editing. before we get out of here, uh, we we kind of skipped over to community highlights earlier as we were trying to restructure. Um, so we do have a bill night coming up this Friday, which will have happened by the time this episode goes live. But more importantly, what I want to point out is that we have a we've had some merch uh, for a little while. We just don't talk about it a whole lot. But leading up to uh, Flight Fest for the Noob Wonder uh, Jumble, this that crazy name. If you're, we have T-shirts available uh, on our Spring Tree yeah. Spring Tea Shop. Uh, we'll have a link down in the description that'll yep. take you straight to it, but it's got uh, the full name of the event, comical as it is, although I think <laughs> the, the the comedy of part of that name got lost on a lot of people, so sorry about that, but also a simplistic logo that fills up the back of the shirt um, that shows off the outline of the new wonder. It's just a, an interesting design, but that will be available, uh, and I would encourage you anybody who's listening to this that is going to in, uh, be part of that event uh, to go ahead and get those ordered if you're wanting one because shipping times I don't know exactly how uh, fast they can get them so it's better to go ahead and just get it ordered if you're planning to if you're planning to get them yeah I, I think mine uh, said it'd be out out to me within less than a week which is okay. pretty excellent so I, I, I think that's awesome um yeah take a look i uh, ben i don't know if you have a wonder sitting in your back pocket obviously your son does he's got one hanging up <laughs> uh he, what what scale is that that he's working on is it uh 150 i don't even know what the scale is i think it's uh five and five foot span okay so that's uh, a that's about it, a 200 percent scale yeah it, it's big and it's not perfectly yeah. scaled in all dimensions but it's pretty close no It'll be interesting. Uh, you, you won't be able to miss it when he puts it up in the sky for sure. Oh, no, you won't. Well, if you want to order him a T-shirt, because we are gonna, we have now officially put uh, on the calendar at Flight Fest, we have three Wonder Jumble fly-ins, which basically bring your wonder cool. and join us and fly in there. Um, it's, I think, between, what is it, 1 and one thirty, or is it one thirty and 2? I two? think it's 1 and one thirty uh, On Thursday, yeah, Friday. Yeah, between 1 and one thirty. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. that's, that's just enough time that if you crashed it and I'm starting to realize like every, as everybody's putting the pictures of their builds online, we're going to have a lot of really similar looking planes. <laughs> up there. Don't um, blink. Which I'm, I'm really excited that uh, people are enjoying the designs that we've got out there. So that's awesome. But um, cool. yeah, if you're, you're doing that, go, go see if you can find a shirt. Um, just bring out your wonder, have fun. We're just going to have a ridiculous amount of these things in the air. It's going to be, it's going to be great. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to 
seeing just how many show up and we're just gonna have to you know grab some people from standing around like last year Matt and I were talking about it uh we like the Spitfire fly in we were kind of spotting each other so not everybody was up in the air at one time I think this year we're just gonna see if we can you know hey who wants to you know spot for the flyer so we can get everybody up there mm-hmm. um but yeah listen we'll drag this on all night Ben thank you again so much and um be sure to give us links to your various socials or project Absolutely. pages. Uh so we can include those down in the uh show notes below. Is there anything in particular that we haven't covered that you maybe wanted to plug as a last minute insert? Um I guess just yeah, the I'm mostly active on YouTube. Um youtube dot com slash Ben Harbor. And uh, I don't talk about it a lot, but I do have a Patreon, um, and there's links to that on my YouTube channel as well. Excellent. Nice. Good. Very good. Well, speaking of Patreons, uh, we want to thank ours and yours, uh, but especially ours for helping keep the lights on. Uh, And Matt, if there's nothing else, if we've pretty much covered everything, I can do the outro. Uh, Yeah, go do the outro. Okay. And there's nothing right. by nothing by me other than thanks again, Ben. This has been a joy. I can't wait <laughs> My to pleasure, see you absolutely. I can't wait to see you again right. at Flight Fest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing him there. All right, guys. As always, we thank you for tuning in and listening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed uh having the conversations, being able to sit down with Mr. Ben Harbor. Uh, who was very gracious to spend his time with us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or anything related or unrelated, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com, or you can reach Matthew at matthew at aviationrcnoob.com, or you can reach me, Joe, at aviation, or, uh, Joe at aviationrcnoob.com. There we go. That's uh, where the complaints go. oh yeah uh feel free to swing by our facebook page and we do have a we have a facebook group i think now uh we've made that change a while back so it's Mm -hmm. a little easier to to see what's going on and interact with and if you're not a member of the discord feel free to follow the link in the description for a uh, link to join the discord community uh, where these conversations continue and um, take on a life of their own and they're all over the place and sharing pictures and people just having a great time. But um, On top of the monthly that, build nights. That's right. That's where we have the build nights. But I think that about covers everything. So, Matthew, if there's nothing else? Nothing over here. All right. We will catch you guys next time. See you. Bye. Bye.